Our bladders are on the same operating system. He turned and looked across at me. It's the third time we've stood here together today, I offered, attempting reassurance, hoping to tether us to a shared memory, a risky gambit. If this anchoring fails, I pondered, things will turn odd. Odd as we were both stood in front of the urinals, rarely a place for embracing familiarity, a place where focus and relaxation must work together to allow for the release of a sacred, hot, golden stream on cool porcelain. Or possibly odd expressing such recollections, where I'd been present both times, while they were clearly, at least mentally, somewhere else. Damn, I'd fudged it, talking about operating systems. Would timetable have been better? We were at work, after all? Or track? Or journey? A lean into well-being? No, it was done anyway. Set even if only in dissipating sound, no longer audible. My line, in word and the action of casting, was in the pool of his awareness. look claimed his face. I was spectral in his eyes. I felt he was leaning in to thoughts of reaching out and touching the presence beside him, which I knew as me, at least in relation to him, to see if it would allow both of us to return to the toilets on the fourth floor, or would place him on the fourth floor and me, place me here, but as something else, in regards to him. Chris, Chris, it's me, he stuttered. I, I... 
I know you wanted to hear me again. I got the message I was told yesterday. You're sick of the other voices. Now, I'm not Chris and I know of no Chris I've ever been mistaken for. No celebrity, sibling, or work colleague. So I knew I wasn't Chris, at least to me and everyone I'd encountered to this point, at the urinals, with Chris's friend. So those moments on the fourth floor, all three, but particularly that last one, where I met the Chris I'd never been, the Chris I found in someone else's eyes. Hand in hand, they tailed me way beyond the lingering stench that normally trails behind when exiting from the urinals.
I found a week was a long time to be Chris in his eyes. He was my shadow. During work, as I left and journeyed, in bars, cinemas, restaurants, my counseling sessions, in messages and emails and WhatsApp groups, he was there, enmeshed, involved, entangling every module of my existence. I guess if he says you're Chris to him, then I guess you're Chris. There isn't really anything we can do. The policeman framed it. He seemed distracted. I couldn't see the screen in front of him, but I imagined there was a film on it, or the menu for this evening's takeaway, or the social media account of some victim of crime he'd filled the paperwork for earlier in the day, who'd piqued his interest tempting him into the darkness his profession claimed to fight. Certainly something more pressing to him anyway. It is odd. I'll grant you that. But it's not really our area of expertise anymore. Then whose is it? Who indeed? A few weeks later, we both stood there again, awaiting the release. I'm not Chris. I think you've mistaken me for another person, I mumbled. Who is Chris? A brother? A friend? A parent? The enactor of a life of trauma? He smiled, the eyes on his head welling up and watering down his face and dripping down to the plug. You're Chris. A fog rolled over thoughts bobbing on the surface. Someone's death affects the weather, you know that, don't you? You've realized that bit, haven't you? The thought shifted further. The breeze, the rain, the heat. It is all born in death. The warmth betrays a dynamic no longer restrained. Reason was unable to hack at such an elegant rolling flow though its axes continued chopping helplessly at the waves. That unseasonal heat when my brother died, 
the force of the wind that whispered of death minutes before the phone rang. It is speaking again. He is saying something. You are Chris.